0: Hey guys, it's your girl, Maya K, and we are back with season two of the Girl Files podcast, and we are on the season finale episode, episode eight for this season. Thank you so much for hanging with me, for bearing with me, for supporting me, for listening, and I pray that everything that has been said this season thus far has fallen on good soil, good ground, that God's word has met you where you are and you have been able to be transformed. Today, we're doing a special episode because it is the season finale and we're doing a Q&A. What I had my network do, I reached out to several of the women that are in my network and I asked them to send me some questions that they wish someone had asked, um, someone had told them, I'm sorry, when they were teenagers. Uh, specifically with the focus of course on being a teen girl like what do you wish someone would have taught you or said to you? Um, if you when you were a teenager, like what do you feel like you've learned now that you wish someone had ministered to you or given to you in their uh, context or as a mentor? what do you wish your parents had taught you? and I love what we came up with. the things that they submitted, what I did was I turned them into a question for my audience. Uh, I realized that even as grown women, as adult women, we have a teen girl locked on the inside of us. And so it's one of those things where sometimes you may hear the information late, learn it late, get it late. But at the end of the day, um, God will meet you where you are and provide healing, provide the understanding, provide whatever you need. So we have about 10 questions. We're going to run straight through them. Um, And yeah, we're going to pray at the end. I'm just going to go ahead and jump in. I want to pray at the end and I pray that this episode blesses you. So if I had a title for this episode, I would say delayed answer. Still healed. Yeah, delayed answer still healed because God still wants to bring you into your full wholeness, your full healing. And so the answer may feel like it was delayed, but it's not. So the first question is, what does a relationship with God look like? And just as a heads up, I want to let you guys know that while I took notes on the question, I mean, I'm sorry, while I took note of the question, I wrote down all the questions um, I didn't want to study them or, uh, keep looking at them. So once I got like my network got back to me at different times, of course, so I would just pull out the notebook, write it down, and then I would just pull put it away because to me, the Holy Spirit is going to provide me with the answer that you need to hear. And I didn't feel that was needed, um, that I needed to like study the questions or anything. So just know that I am flowing based on what the Holy Spirit gives me to say to you today. Um, So what does a relationship with God look like? I love this because I do think a lot of teen girls and women, but specifically teen girls struggle in this area. They're wondering like what should or what does a relationship with God look like? And I would say a relationship with God looks like your own personal relationship and connection with God. So many of us were taught about faith, we were raised in the church, we were raised in faith, but we didn't necessarily have our own relationship with God until we got to the point of adulthood where we learned some things. we learned that life and, and what maybe we were taught we needed to experience God for ourselves in order for us to receive you know the deliverance and answers to prayers that we need. So for young girls out there, I would say, Whatever season of life you're in, your relationship with God looks like exactly what he wants it to look like at the stage of life you're in. But you have to invest in that. Um, the reason why there's really no cut and dry answer is because you can only have a solid, significant relationship with Christ when you pour into that relationship. So a relationship with God looks like a very powerful, joyful relationship. Um, Overflowing great relationship, but you have to invest in that It's no different from any of my women out there who are waiting for their future husbands who are believing God for a mate <clears throat> You understand Excuse me guys You understand that what you're believing God for you're gonna have to invest in that So it would look to what well, I could say for me as a teenager even when I was still questioning my identity One of the things I never stopped doing was praying and reading my word And I believe those seeds that I planted as a young girl resulted in what I am today as a woman. So your relationship with God is going to look like whatever you invest into that relationship, whether it's 10 minutes a day or an hour a day, whatever you invest, just remember that's the strongest you'll be. And that's the strongest your relationship with God will be. All right. Our next question is, how do I protect my mind, body and heart as a young woman faced with the pressures of this world. I love this. How do I protect my mind, body, and heart as a young woman faced with the pressures of this world? So, <clears throat> I re- I always recommend a social media fast. That's the first thing that came to my spirit. And I say that because so often as young women... You are connected. We are connected to our devices 24-7. And a lot of times we're inundated with so much noise from the outside world, so much noise from the crowd that we can't even tap into what God is saying. So the 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 real answer is cut and dry. You have to keep things out of your mind, out of your body and out of your heart. Uh, that would contaminate or pollute it. The word of God says to protect your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. It says to guard your heart. Um, and you have to do that at all costs. And what that means is anything you're putting into your eye, your eye gates, your ear gates, um, your mind, all of that affects your heart. And so your heart can only be strong when you're making sure that you are protecting it against any outside influences, outside uh Anything that would contaminate your spirit. I think the best analogy is to think of it if you have on a coat and you are in the cold elements and you might run back in the house to get your scarf and you also get your hat and you also get your gloves because that air is going to hit your head it's going to hit your neck it's going to hit your hands your body may be covered and if the coat is too thin your body is definitely um, going to still feel the winds from the winter day or you know the cold rain or whatever. So you're going to make sure you're bundled up and that you're keeping your body protected from those elements to make sure that you don't get sick, to make sure that you're not going to get frostbite or you're not going to literally be shivering your behind off, right? So you got to do the same thing with your mind, your body, and your heart. So how do you protect that? You got to make sure you got your helmet on. We talked about uh, a couple of episodes ago, We talked about uh, spiritual warfare strategies for teen girls. We broke down Ephesians 6, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the sword of the spirit, my shield of faith, my feet shy with the preparation of peace. You got your belt of truth. So you have to make sure you have those things in place on a regular basis. If you go back and listen to the episode, you'll actually... See, this question is answered because it was two episodes and we broke down the full armor and I even gave practical tips on how a young lady can make sure her armor is in place and what that looks like. Um, So that would be my cut and dry answer for that. Um, The next question, how do I cultivate my gifts and talents without feeling overwhelmed or all over the place? I think that there's so much pressure on young people trying to find out who they are and trying to figure out who they are. And I think that's great that there's a little bit of pressure there because we don't want you guys so caught up in what you look like and, you know, getting into a relationship with a guy or anything like that. So I think it's good. I I love that. We live in a society now where people are hustling to be entrepreneurs. People are thinking about their purpose sooner than I was as a kid. So I love that. Right. But the challenge with that is. Sometimes when you're trying to cultivate your gifts and talents, you might be caught between who you are now, who you're trying to be, and there's this gap. So you look at the gap and you feel like it's a void as opposed to looking at it as an opportunity for God to move in that space. So all you need to do is surrender your gifts and your talents to God and say, God, listen, I feel like I have this strong passion to be a writer and I really just want to make sure I'm doing whatever would bring you glory and I don't want to assume that I have to write in at a christian magazine or for a christian television network you may very well assign me to write in hollywood at abc or at disney well disney abc or at a different network or even film so show me how to uh Give this gift to you and lay it on the altar and then pick it back up when you're ready for me to do so. Every year when I am fasting, I because I fast at the top of the year, I put my gift back on the altar because I want to make sure I'm doing with it exactly what God wants me to do. So only when you surrender that gift and talent to God can he then begin to tell you what you need to do to cultivate it. You don't want to spend your time cultivating your gifts and talents in a direction that God did not lead you in. You want to make sure that you are going to be doing exactly what he wants with this. So you could end up going to, say, training. I'll give you a perfect example, and a lot of church folk may not like this, but I'm okay with that. You can get in line. Um, Seminary. There are a lot of churches. uh, have leaders who are in seminary or finished seminary. And a lot of times I've noticed a lot of younger people who feel like they've been called to minister the gospel. They automatically enroll in a seminary. Well, I also know some people who were pulled out of seminary because God told them not to. So if you have a gift of speaking and preaching and you know, God wants to use you before you enroll in a seminary, perhaps you should ask him how to help you cultivate that gift because he can save you a lot of time and money. And one thing we've learned is that a school cannot do anything more than what the Holy Spirit and the anointing can do. That doesn't negate anything that anybody went through to get their credentials to be a pastor or anything. I honor it. I'm not knocking it. But what I am saying is you need to surrender that to God. If you feel like you've been called to preach, because I I never knew he was going to use my voice for this podcast, but I realized that it's deeper than just a podcast. Everything my hand touches because I'm anointed and God has sent me out to preach to the nations, whether I am writing fiction, writing nonfiction, writing in Hollywood, pitching in Hollywood, I am called to be a vessel for him. And so wherever my field is, he's going to make sure my guests are able to um, honor whatever the requirements are. And then also keep in mind that you want to try different things. I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, I have this inkling to be a writer. I've had an organizing business. I had a nail polish line, which I'm praying to be able to bring back in the future. So you got to try different things. So on the practical level, don't feel so restricted. Just because you're interested in something doesn't mean everything you do has to be in that lane. The best way to keep confusion at bay is to just make sure every decision you make is is. Led by the Holy Spirit. So if you want to try modeling, which I did, if you want to, let me tell you something. I may not have made it as a model, but I ended up in 2016, 17, I'm sorry. I ended up being the host for New York Teen Fashion Week. So God will find a way to bring all of your gifts together. So while I may not have been called to be a model, at least my mother put me in modeling school. I was able to cultivate that gift, which was part of my creative gifts. Keep in mind that your gifts are wide and broad and God will narrow it down as you go along, but he can't do anything if your feet aren't moving. So try anything, try everything. Don't be afraid to put up a YouTube channel and do makeup. If you're not good at it, it's okay. It doesn't mean you're not good at being creative. That just may not be Lane. by the way I was a makeup artist too just want to throw that out there so as you see God was always stirring me in the direction of being a creative and having we're all creative but I know that I'm an anointed creative and there is a difference so with that me being in Hollywood me always creating stuff designing stuff if you're on my email list you see how that looks that's God When people say, oh, that was a dope email. I like the layout. Listen, that's all the Holy Spirit. I've designed my own websites over the years. So you just got to keep in mind that God will help you cultivate that. And you just got to keep moving forward. But don't be afraid to try anything. If it's outside of what you thought you would do, still try it because you don't know what skill set is going to come from that. I worked at a bank all last year during the pandemic. I never thought I would ever be in banking or finance. Um, I had applied for jobs before, you know, just because I needed a job in college, but never really was like interested. Everything I learned for that what 13 months that I worked for the bank, everything I learned. Do you know that I'm using it today in um property management. I also have enough skill set to know what I need to do to make my finances better. So try everything, jump out the boat, go out there and do your thing. And God will lead you to the moment that you need to be in as far as your purpose, but he wastes nothing. So the next question, how do I develop discipline at a young age? I love this. I think it does also go back to, um, the, armor of God in Ephesians 6 because once you 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 have those things that we talked about and once you're working on that that helps you develop the discipline but I will say just for practicality let me just say this just remember there's nothing we do that doesn't involve the spirit we're spiritual beings right so we gotta do what we gotta do so with that being said um That means you can't just have a practical portion. There's a spiritual portion to it. But for practicality, when it comes to developing discipline, I always say you need to have a why in front of you. What is my why for doing whatever I'm trying to do? So if I'm trying to get in shape because I want to try out for the track team when school comes back. Um, obviously, safely. When school comes back, I want to try out for the track team. So, what do I need to put in place for that? Why? Why do I want to try out for the tra- track team? Well, I believe that if I join this team, I will have one, a sisterhood. I will um, be able to work on my stamina. And it, I really like this. I, I saw some, you know, track videos. I maybe watched the Olympics a few years ago. And I really feel like this is something that I'm good at. And I feel like it'll help me not only build up my physical capacity, but also that I can have have a bond with women who do the same thing or young girls that do the same thing as me. Whatever your why is, you need to keep that in front of you. So if you need to lose a couple pounds or get in shape, now your why has, you have meaning to your why and you know what you're heading towards. So discipline becomes easier when your why is clear. Why am I doing something and why do I want to do something? Okay, boom, my discipline needs to be up to par. I need to make sure I'm able to do this. I need to make sure I'm able to do that. I need to make sure I'm working out every day. I need to make sure I'm eating well. So make sure you just have a why in front of you. But when it comes to just discipline, you really, it is built in the spirit. And I'm going to tell you how. As a woman of God, I have learned time and time again that if I am not steady in my spirit, Nothing else in life will make sense. I cannot develop discipline in other areas of my life until I've developed an internal and spiritual discipline. So when I'm getting up daily, doing my my devotions, waking up at four in the morning, whatever God requires of that day because he knows what's ahead of me, that is a discipline. So you have to do it with practice. They say, I think it takes 21 days to form a new habit and I think three months until the habit sticks. That's how you do it. Keep doing it every day. Wake up every day now. Let me just say, if I even think that I want to skip my devotional time with God, I can't even do it because it's so innate. So discipline comes with what you do repetitively, consistently, all the time. And that's what will eventually make you stronger discipline my recommendation was would be to get discipline in each area so some people try to be like oh I gotta do why don't you grow in one area and get discipline and then build on that um even when I think about my mom she's eating healthier again and I always say okay that's it like you started with that now you can add your walking and add some working out in but don't try to overwhelm yourself you just have to know that your why and the activity, like actually doing it daily is what will build you, what will build discipline. Um, so that's how you develop it when you're young. Um, the key is not to assume you have time. That would be my last part. Uh, do not assume you have time. I love when I hear young people say things like, oh, I got time to do that. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> um I I just want to and this isn't funny, but let's just remember uh, people are burying their children these days and that's a heartbreaking thing. And it's devastating. So make the best of each day and show God that he made a great investment by creating you and that you're not going to waste that. So don't assume that you have time to get disciplined. Just get disciplined. The next question, how do I develop a sound mind and keep from drowning in anxious thoughts and fear of the future? Again, this goes back a lot to um, the armor your helmet of salvation is going to be so important here. But I will add this. One of my favorite verses is Psalm 94 and 19. And just for summary sake, it says, when a multitude of anxious thoughts are in me, your comforts delight my soul. And whenever I've gotten anxious, I recite that scripture. Also Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Um, we often get anxious when we're questioning God's ways. Like God, well, what's going on? Well, the word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways Acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths, right? So you have to acknowledge God, trust him and know that he's doing exactly what he planned and what he wants to do with your life. So my recommendation will always be to keep anxiousness at bay is to submit your mind to God every time something comes up. Um, Of course, uh, Second Timothy says that Uh, I have a sound mind, right? I have a, I'm sorry. I'm up here messing up the scripture. I'm so sorry. Um, but it talks about a sound mind. And so you have to, I say daily, I have the mind of Christ. That is something that I quote daily. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And I submit my mind, my imagination and my thoughts to the Holy Spirit every morning. I have to, as a writer, I have a very vivid imagination and often the enemy will try to manipulate that um he'll like a fantasy or a vision and I'm like whoa where would that come from because I know when it's not God you know if I'm imagining or fantasizing about something that clearly does not please God then we know that's not God so for me I have to submit my mind my imagination and my thoughts those are three things to Christ every morning and I, I literally say I come against anything that would try to manipulate my mind or use my imagination for anything other than God's glory. And then I call on the Holy Spirit to come in and I invite him into that space. So my biggest thing is, developing a sound mind comes to with practice you know romans 12 1 and 2 says to renew your mind to the word of God be be transformed so you have to submit your mind daily and then you have to ask God what is in my mind that is so toxic that I can't seem to even get a sound mind is there a thought that I'm constantly ruminating over is there something that I'm saying to myself that I heard when I was young that I know isn't true then I need to submit that to god because that's not what god says about me so developing a sound mind too just like this discipline comes with practice. You can't give up when your mind is trying to overpower you. I think the reason why so many people drown in their thoughts and they end up getting depressed is because they let their minds overpower them. You have control of that. Do not let the enemy beat you up in your mind. Joyce Meyer, the battlefield of the mind. I encourage everyone out there who is uh, looking to develop that discipline in that area to get that book. I believe she also created a version for younger people, but I'm not sure if it was kids. Um, so I would look that up on Amazon, Joyce Meyer, Battlefield of the Mind. Listen, there were times I've read that book at least six six to eight times in my entire life. So it's a tool that's there for you to use. And of course, is based on the word of God. But. Fear of the future is really just you trying to anticipate a moment that hasn't even happened yet. And what you're doing is you're thinking of that moment without God in the picture. Fear literally causes you to think of things and it it doesn't even include God in the picture. But if you include God in that picture, you have nothing to fear. All right, so we have four questions left so the next question is what can i do to maintain my purity especially when i'm feeling lonely and unloved i i love that my girl jazz up in philly um you know from my hometown she sent that well she sent it as a statement and i loved it so much now all of this stuff is anonymous but the reason why i shouted her out is because i've watched her journey and how god restored her you know she's married just had a little baby girl um and she lost her son back in 2019 so god i'm I'm loving what God is doing with her story. But one of the things she said was, listen... Um, let these young girls know it is worth the wait. And sometimes you need to hear it from a woman who actually waited and not just because, you know, you, you thinking, Oh, a 70 year old can tell you not to have sex before marriage, but she been married for 40 years. Listen, sis, I'm single. And I'm telling you not to have sex before marriage and I'm only 36. So I love this because I worded it in a question. How do I, what can I do to maintain my purity, especially when I'm feeling lonely and I love, let me just share something with you. I was feeling lonely just this week it happens to the best of us but you know what i constantly remind myself of that my purity ever since i rededicated myself in that area back to god is not it's not on clearance and it's not for sale my purity first of all will always belong to god but my purity and my body is not for sale and while it sounds like oh it's no big deal it's just sex you have to remember that the maintenance of your priority is on you. The world's going to tell you it's no big deal. The Instagram posts are going to tell you it's no big deal. All the girls that are getting the surgery and showing their bodies on Instagram are letting you know you got to use what you got to get what you want. But you have to remember that you can only do something like this with Christ. I think the reason why so many people fell in the area in this area is because they try to do it on their own. I know that was my narrative, but loneliness and feeling you should never feel in love when you have a God who says in Zephaniah 317 that he dances over you with love, that he sent his only son to die on the cross for your sins, his only begotten son. God's love is in the word. My first recommendation would be to search all the scriptures that speaks about God's love so that you can absorb those scriptures daily. I love um, Apple Music has. There's this, uh, it's called peaceful scriptures. If you type in peaceful scriptures and they literally have several, Albums, they're spoken albums where a woman is reading scriptures. It depends on which one you select. Like I was listening to Psalms last night and it has like water and a piano playing in the background. So it's very soothing. Now, I don't know if they necessarily have one for God's love. But here's the thing. They do have one reading all 150 Psalms. Psalm, it's two CDs. So I think like Psalm 1 to 100 is on one, one CD and 101 to 150 is on another. But please understand... If you go to sleep with the, uh, God's word on, I guarantee you, you will feel the change. Psalm also talks a lot about God's love because David wrote much of the Psalms and you know, he's talking about his love for God and he also always goes back to, but God, I know you love me. God, I know you're there. You know, so I would recommend that. Find a way to even record your voice. You guys have the latest iPhones. Put them to use. Record your voice. Read in God's scriptures on just love and listen to that at night. Let it play Um, because I noticed that a lot. lot of times when women are attacked in this area it's at night because you know we're looking for someone to hold us at night we're looking for someone to love on us at night we're looking for someone to come home to us and I get it and that's I'm, I'm there I want it I want it tomorrow so I, my recommendation would just be to make sure you are listening to as much as the word of God when you are definitely at night when you're sleeping, because I noticed that that is kind of when the enemy starts to trick in because your body is at rest and your mind is at rest. So you tend to start thinking about things and everything that happened that day and what you didn't uh, get done and oh, tomorrow I got to do this. Well, that's usually when the, the he sneaks in with those thoughts of, man, I'm lonely. I should go on Instagram right now. Maybe I should go to a chat room online oh maybe I should just go ahead and download that app because you're quiet the day is done and you're quiet so that would be my recommendation but definitely maintenance of your purity you gotta partner with Christ ask God what do you need for your life I talked on several episodes please go back and listen to them and I talk about how for me there are certain things I cannot read listen to nor can I watch because I am maintaining my purity okay um, and you gotta tell yourself you love yourself. you know what on Heartbreak Hotel, I think that was episode number two or four for season one. That heartbreak Hotel episode is one of my favorite, and it was actually it's actually the most listened to episode of both seasons so far. Because I've, I really believe something I said really jumped out at women. I think the whole thing did. But so many of you are trying to connect with someone and you haven't even connected with you. So you're never going to feel loved until one, you understand you need God's love and until you love yourself this is why so many men and young boys are getting over on so many young women is because they sense it the enemy smells the little girl who does not love herself and then he sends in a guy who's going to speak in her ear and whisper all the things that she needs to hear he don't even love himself so yeah I, yeah, yeah, as you know that's a passionate space for me um, don't do it <laughs> ladies don't do it <laughs> Um, I can share this. I'm going to share this real quick and then we'll go on to the last three questions and we'll close out. Let me let me say this. I am in Atlanta and uh, I do real estate and property management. And um, we literally have a couple of, of of young ladies who moved in with their boyfriends and in less than a month, they left them high and dry. I say that because and they're younger, they're young young ladies, okay? They're not like like they're young 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 ladies. And I say that because here's what happens. We confuse lust with love. We get involved in these situations. The signs are there because we're blinded by the lust. And then he ends up getting sc- away scotch free and what happens? We get stuck with what? The baby, the place, So a lot of the guys aren't even like what I'm speaking to you. I pray every day there's men out there speaking it to these young boys, because what will happen is then we have some whole hill people out here that can come together and get married. You know, when the age is right and the time is right. But if if you're only hearing this as a girl, you probably feel discouraged because you're like, well, dad, I'm on this path. Where's the guys at that's on this path? Let me tell you something, sis. They out there. Stay out there. Are they few and far between? Probably because you're few and far between. But you that's all the more reason why you got to dedicate your purity to God and make sure you're partnering with him to maintain it. Because the last thing you need to do is sell your purity to somebody who doesn't even recognize who you are because you don't even recognize who you are yet. And even if you do. Like, as I'm a woman in purpose and some of my colleagues in, in my network, we're in purpose. We know who we are. We're whole. We're healed. Let me tell you, it doesn't get easier. But what it does do is it a lot like as you get older, God's grace is there to meet you in every season. He knows what devils are sniffing around, looking for the young women, looking for me, the uh, young millennial. He knows. And so what God does is he gives you grace for every season to be able to maintain your purity because he knows what season you're in. He knows what the enemy is going to try to send your way, but it's up to you to say, God, give me a way out of temptation every day. Add that to your prayer. God, get me out of, get, get me a way out of temptation every day. Any type of temptation, whatever it is, please give me a way out. And the word promises he will. Next. I love this too. Uh, one of my business associate sent this. So this was cool for me. How do you develop a money mindset now? Um, If I don't have any concept of money, savings, or preparing for college, how do I start to develop that now? I love that because we were taught in school, you know, it was all about the education, but people didn't teach us about finances and entrepreneurship, right? So my encouragement is for you to start to absorb as much information as you can about Money and finances. Um, Go ahead and open a bank account. If you're 18 years old, get your first bank account, start to put savings in. start to put money in a lot of banks. Even the one I worked at, they actually had programs on not all the time, but they would put together something, go on college campuses and teach young people about um, banking. And so my thing is, if you have the desire to be an entrepreneur or even if you don't, it's important for you to develop that mindset now. And one of the things I would encourage you to stop doing is wasting your money. Nothing hurts me more than seeing a young person able to get allowance because we didn't get no allowance when I was growing up. You did what you had to do in that house regardless. So <laughs> when I, I love it, when I see kids getting like because I've been a nanny before you get that 10 or 20 dollars and then they say, all right, I want to go to the store and spend it. I would say now, no matter how young you are, everything that comes in, put 10% away for your tides for God and put 10% away for yourself. That's really how you start to develop a money mindset. If you think of saving now, then you can really start to develop that mindset. Let me put 10% of it. Okay, somebody gave me $25 for my birthday. I'm going to ask my mom to put $5 in my account. A lot of banks have custodial accounts and what they are is only the custodian on the accounts is allowed to do um, deposits and withdrawals. So even though the account is open for the child until that child turns, I think it's 18 or 21. Um, they cannot touch the money. So I loved when I would have someone come in um, and they would have like a five-year-old and the kid would be like, yes, this is my birthday money and they would deposit it into the account. And I loved it because what they were teaching them at a young age was that you can save now. You don't have to wait until you're 15 or 16 and you want your first bike or your, well, I shouldn't say first bike, but you want to buy your own bike or you buy your own phone. Um, my other recommendation would, would be to stop having a piss poor mentality. Sorry for saying that word. Uh, that actually just flowed out uh but see I said it in his song uh we already know what it means but you gotta stop with that poor man's mentality because what you do is you'll you'll literally be cash rich but cash poor you'll look that up um you gotta know how to think of money differently. If you see money as something that's supposed to always go out, you'll never be able to hold on to it. But if you think of money as something that's supposed to be maintained, taken care of, that can actually help you in your future, then you'll hold on to it. Money is not always meant to be spent. And I think that's the challenge. We got too many people spending and they're not saving. So that would be my one tip. Um, And even thinking about college, you know. If you're if God calls you to go ahead and enroll in a university and you're going to college or if you choose to go to like beauty school, whatever your path is, look at it this way. If you can stay out of debt, don't get in it. I know sometimes people educate young people and they say you need an emergency credit card. You should have a credit card at least for emergency. I will say this. Um, we encourage young people, like we would have 18, 19 year olds come in and say, cause they don't have any credit, you know, and their parents were trying to teach them how to build credit. A lot of banks do have small credit cards, like $500 and it just helps you build your credit because the truth is you can't get much in this world without credit. I get that. However, My recommendation is to always keep in mind that a credit card is not meant for you to spend and buy things that you want. It is meant for you to have a long-term reputation in the industry of finance, in the banking world, in the credit world. So if you look at it as a long-term goal as as opposed to a short-term, oh, I got 500 quick dollars. I'm gonna go get them concert tickets, but we ain't doing any of that anyway. But you know nonetheless I still got to teach it so um, instead of looking at it as this is a short-term thing look at it as this card was open for me to have a long-term goal and show a track record with creditors well I don't want to damage that so I'm not going to use this now obviously if you break down and your dad can't get to you for two hours use the card get your tire get whatever you need (laughs) but my point is I often find that when people receive financial literacy they find a way for their old mindset to damage it and manipulate that literacy for them. OK, so um, that would be my recommendation. Think of money the way God sees money. And let me just say, God talks about wealth. Deuteronomy eight eighteen. 18. Um, God talks about wealth. Proverbs, uh, Philippians 4, 19. I would encourage you to study wealth from God's perspective, because when you understand that we are only managers of money and we don't own it, we're managing everything God gives us here on earth. So you have to look at it from his perspective. All right. Next question. What is self-worth and how does it contribute to the decisions I will make both professionally and personally? What is self-worth and how does it contribute to the decisions I will make both professionally and personally? So here's here's what I'll say today. Your self-worth is tied to your identity. If you see yourself as something that you're not or that God did not call you, you will tie your worth to that. The other thing is your self-worth is not tied to anything you own and it's not tied to anything you do. Your self-worth is predicated simply on who God says you are. How do you figure that out? You go to God. You tap into God. You look up the verses. I want everybody to go watch Overcomer. It's by the same producers and actors and directors who did War Room. They did Fireproof. Go watch Overcomer because that little girl in that movie, I'm not going to tell the story, but I love that she did not know who she was. She was, you know, kind of rebellious man. When she found the scriptures, baby girl was able to recite who she was. And she was about, I think, 14 or 15 in the story. So I encourage you. This is what this is the time for you to go watch uh, content, movies, listen to stuff that is speaking to God and who you are. Christian films, um, and not all of them are cheesy. I know sometimes we feel like, man, they be cheating No, first of all, War Room, Overcomer. Th- these movies are phenomenal. Courageous, that's another one. These men are phenomenal with the movies they put out, and they speak directly to your spirit, and it's needed. So I, I just wanted to offer that because. Though I know who I am, and I, I you know, I obviously I recognize my self worth. When I saw the way that she broke that thing down, I was like, "Man, so you need to be able to answer that question: um, Who am I?" And I know for me, like I'm an anointed woman of God who uses her voice and her words to uplift and inspire generations. I also know I'm an anointed creative who God uses to create fictional worlds through um, books or movies to help bring the kingdom to this culture. So when you know who you are, then your self-worth is tied to that. You got to know who you are in Christ. So my recommendation is to know that your self-worth is exactly how you see yourself and the price that you put on yourself. But you don't need to do that because God did it for you. He put a price on you when he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. That's a priceless act. So if Christ says you're priceless, then you can't be around anyone who does not see that in you, who does not see that worth in you. And I encourage if you're still struggling in the area of low self-esteem or self-worth, let me just say this. First of all, I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood of Jesus over your identity so that you will see it properly but let me just say if you're still working on developing that area I would recommend you don't even think about searching for a boyfriend this is what I meant when I said in that previous statement like you you're trying to connect with someone but you're not even connecting with you so if you're struggling in this area, my recommendation would be, why would you want to attach yourself to someone else struggling in this area? Two 15-year-olds, a 15-year-old boy, a 15-year-old girl, he doesn't know who he is. He's trying to figure out his self-worth. You're trying to figure out. And, and let me just, so that my teen girls don't feel like they're being picked on, for the 25-year-old sisters out there who don't know their self-worth, and you meet a 25-year-old brother out there who, who don't know his self-worth. I'm talking to everyone. If you're struggling in this area, then you don't need to be connected to someone else that doesn't even know their or wouldn't even be able to help you in that area so self-worth contributes to every decision you you make if you don't see yourself as valuable you will make invaluable decisions you will make decisions that tell you you are not valuable you will do things that show that you don't care how you're treated you will connect with people as I just stated that will not be able to treat you well and professionally I think it's the same thing um When I think about jobs, right, I know my worth and I knew that while my job was great for me last year and it provided for me and God is so good and I'm super thankful for the provision that I received from it, I'm going to tell you, I knew my worth enough to know when it was time to go and I didn't need any convincing. I didn't need a raise. I didn't need any of that. I recognized that that I had tapped out at my value at this company. Even if they would have tried to convince me to stay, I knew that God was telling me you have tapped out if you stay they're no longer going to honor who you are because you have tapped out at this level now you could stay for comfortability and say oh I'm getting a regular check I got benefits but what's gonna what, what is that gonna matter if the 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 money and the benefits and all of that don't even match your worth so When you know who you are, you know what you've been called to do, you know your anointing, you know your calling. And even if you're still figuring it out, your self-worth plays a large role in both your professional and personal life. My future husband cannot come find me until he has found himself. Um, And then... There was like a, how do I develop confidence and self-worth? I actually think I just answered that. I I think I kind of just broke that down, that you can't develop anything outside of Christ. You have to know who you are in Christ, but do not overwhelm yourself if you're figuring it out. That's what this life is about. God is not mad at us. Just take your time. And Try to figure it out, but you cannot figure it out alone The other thing is some things we don't learn without life So you got to grow you got to live a little Stop trying to figure everything out at a 13 year old level when that's not how it goes at 13 God expects you to know certain things and only know certain things at 14 He expects you to know certain things and only know those things you're limited in your experience because you've only been here for 13 or 14 years So life is to be lived and experienced Experience and when you have that knowledge and that experience, you add to that. And so when you are 40, you're able to look back and say, Well, I know that decision I need to make because I've been through this before, or maybe I haven't, but I have enough experience with life to know that this doesn't suit me well. Um, I know that I don't need to deal with it's this type of guy, or so forth and so on. So I think the way we develop anything that we need is to know who we are in Christ, to saturate ourselves with God's love, to saturate ourselves with verses that talk about our identity and who we are and to fill our spirits with that so that we can stay firm in that. So self-worth is predicated on who we are in Christ. And when you know who you are and God gives you your identity, you're not the, the little girl who was molested that's not your identity you're not the little girl who didn't have her father because he was locked up and your mom was on drugs that's not who you are that's what happened to you who you are your self-worth is predicated on who you are in Christ and the only way to tap into that is to surrender your life to Christ ask him to give you everything you need and it's all in his word but I'm talking about during that quiet time when you're praying ask God to give you give you the right perspective on yourself give you the joy you need give you the peace you need so um I love you guys that was so much fun um I pray it blessed you I pray you listen to this as much as you need um season three will come I always say coming soon we don't actually know but for the girl file Honoree for today it's you I wanted to honor and celebrate each of you who are who is on a journey of transformation and healing and who's seeking God more and more. Do not think that because it might be quiet around you, God does not see you trying to put him first and trying to do what he's called you to do. Um, be encouraged to know that God is with you, that he sees you, that he values you, that he is honoring you, that he is, um, He has honored you. And so you got to see yourself through God's eyes. Ask him to give you that perspective. But I wanted to celebrate you. And I wanted to say, I see you. I see you working hard. I see you striving to be better. And God sees you. And so he's going to honor the steps of faith and obedience you've taken. He's going to accelerate your healing. He's going to accelerate everything Um, The more you press in, the more he can meet you there. And just remember, I have a saying that I love. When you are at the end of your rope, you are at the hem of his garment. Father, we thank you so much for season two. We thank you for every episode, every lesson, every moment you've spoken. Lord, we ask that you would just take this final episode and tie it all up. I thank you, Lord, that the final episode is being released on a day That still falls at the top of the year because someone can go back and listen to both seasons and get so much information that is straight from the Holy Spirit that will help them in their growth. I thank you, Lord God. You're not going to leave one of them hanging. You're not going to leave one behind. You're the guy who goes after the one sheep. So I thank you that you hear their voice when they're crying out to you at night. I plead the blood of Jesus over their mind, over their heart, over their soul. I thank you, Lord God, that anything the enemy has stolen from them in previous years, that you would return it to them. Even for that little girl who's wondering why she had to go through what she went through. I just pray, God, that you would restore her even now. Lord, I pray that they don't have to wait till they're 35 and 40 to receive your restoration. You're a God of the impossible. You are the God of the acceleration. And so, God, give them what they need in this hour so that they can continue to pursue you, to become become great women of God, so that they can become um, all that you've called them to be. We love you, God, and we praise you, and we thank you again for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys again. Make sure you follow me at WriterMaya. Follow the movement at Girls Anthem Movement. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter, Girls Anthem Biz. That's Girls Anthem dot biz that's the website you can always catch up with everything there Um, and I I so look forward to having a season three with you guys all right so be blessed enjoy the rest of your year Um, I don't know when I'm coming back so enjoy the rest of your year but make sure you sign up for the newsletter because uh, girls anthem 2021 conference is coming up it'll be sometime this year that's all I'm gonna say and God's gonna blow our minds Um, be sure that you are unfollowing any page or anything that does not serve you well. Um, so I'm not just going to ask you to follow me. I'm going to tell you to unfollow anything that does not serve you well in this season. Um, God wants you to go into the rest of 2021 whole. And he wants you to to do whatever you need to do to make sure you're planting the seeds in the direction of wholeness. Um, no matter what, how hard it is to let something go. I promise you, if you pray and ask God and you really want to change, he'll meet you there. All right, guys, God bless.